Welcome to Cyber Sermon 18, Sunday the 19th of July. The ever-present love of God. The following are the readings which form the basis of the sermon. Genesis 28, 10 to 19a and Psalm 139, 1 to 12 and 23 to 24. It is not often on a Sunday that we focus all our attention on readings from the Old Testament. But today's lectionary provides us with two momentous readings. It would be wrong either to ignore them or simply to gloss over them as we race on to the Gospel reading. Our contact with the Old Testament is often through the lens of the New Testament, with particular texts pointed out by Jesus through the Gospel writers, or as part of a deep theological debate initiated by Paul. Today, for once, I would like you to imagine that there is no Jesus to inform our knowledge and understanding of God. There is just God, or as the earliest followers of God would refer to him, Yahweh. We have two readings to consider. One, written before the existence of the temple, so the religion is yet to find a home, communication with God is sporadic and unstructured, and then one after the Exodus, where the temple and priests now exist, and where religion has taken on a liturgy and a rhythm. If we can gain an understanding of, God, of what God was and meant to his people in those raw times, it may help us to come to a better relationship with God today. It seems strange, but I want to take these two readings out of their time and begin with the later writing first, a psalm. The psalms will have been written in concrete contexts and often reflect concrete experiences of suffering and of God's deliverance. But this general nature allows us to use them in connection with what happens to us. It is a reasonable reflection on the Psalter as a whole that they present four ways of speaking to God. These four ways also reflect how we might speak to one another. Firstly, they say to God, you are great. Secondly, they say to God, help. Thirdly, they say, I trust you. Finally, they say, thank you for what you have done for us. For those of you, like me, who find prayer challenging, the Psalms provide us with prayers that cover all these things. Finding the time to pray a Psalm each day is a way to bring discipline and structure to our prayer life. Psalm 139 is to me one of the most beautiful Psalms in the whole Psalter, and within its beauty there are some dark challenges we should not ignore. But there is also a great promise. The psalm offers us a marvellously contemplative piece about the ever-present love of God. Today's psalm is all about trust. 
we can trust in the reassurance of God's constant presence in our lives and the promise that God is with us all the time. The psalmist recognises this fact. We may need to be reminded of it. The first thing we should learn about prayer from this psalm is that it is a prayer that does not ask for anything, as we do when we make petitionary prayers, but is itself an act of engagement in which the speaker ponders aloud the presence of God, the mystery and miracle of being a subject of God's attention. The second thing we discover is that although we may find it difficult to put into words, the impact and closeness of God to us. The psalmist has no such problems. It is so clear that the writer recognises that he is completely surrounded by God and held in God's firm grasp. His life is dominated by the reality of God. The writer is completely dazzled by the awareness that his life is saturated with God. Our lives too are saturated with God. But are we awake enough to recognise it and reflect on it? To some, the saturation may be suffocating and something that we would want to escape. That is not beyond the notice of the psalmist. As in verse 7 he says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Perhaps, like us sometimes, the psalmist might see God as too demanding, requiring things from us that we are reluctant to give. Is he really showing a fear of God's demanding way? It may be that he is yearning for independence, not wanting life to be crowded by and dominated by the reality of God. But as we read on, we see that God's presence is friendly and positive. The speaker discovers that the God who cannot be escaped is a God who leads and who holds me fast. As the psalm reaches its crescendo in verse 17 and 18, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. We can see that what dazzled the speaker at the beginning now becomes a source of comfort, reassurance and well-being. The psalm is an amazing statement of the power, the certainty and the confidence that come in a God-centred life. The God who is inescapable becomes a profound source of strength and well-being. Such a God, our God, provides for amazing possibilities in a time like ours. We live in a society where temptation to autonomy to going it alone, is thrust at us all the time. The God of this psalm offers a sure life and well-being, even in the face of threat and danger. Trusting in God, life begins anew, in honest, 
submissive, dazzling, trusting communion. Where the psalmist ends his reflections, acknowledging a God who is inescapable and becomes a profound source of strength and well-being, the story of Jacob begins. Jacob's encounter is not through formalised religion. As with all early encounters in the Bible, it is up close and personal. Jacob is on his way out of Canaan, out of the promised land. He is running away. He is apprehensive. He has lied to and cheated his father, taken God's name in vain, made Esau want to kill him. After all this, we have God stepping into his life to give him reassurance. God presents himself as a God Jacob can trust. And we hear from verse 15. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. This is a turning point in Jacob's life. God's purpose will not be frustrated. It is good to recognise through Jacob's experience that God will not be put off by what we do. Here God commits himself to do things for Jacob, most importantly to be with him. He will accompany Jacob and ensure that he is kept safe in a foreign country until he is able to return. If we are ever in any doubt that what we have thought, said and done has separated us from God, here we are reminded by this story that it hasn't. We are reminded that we are in a very special relationship with God. We are in a covenant relationship. It's good to remind ourselves of the difference between a covenant and a contract. A covenant is a total commitment, whatever happens. Jacob was surprised by God, probably because he thought he was party to a contract. The fact that he had broken the conditions meant that his relationship with God no longer existed. What Jacob, in fact, had was a covenant commitment. Whatever he had done would not break God's relationship with him. Whatever we do will not break God's commitment to us. This is not an excuse for us to go off and do anything we want. It is a reminder that we have God looking over us and after us, and that there is no need to try to hide from him what in any case he already knows. What is required of us, if we are to trust God's ever-present love, is that we reflect that love back into the world. Is that too much to ask? Amen. Let us pray. Let us begin our prayers with the words of Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. 
We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Loving God, we confess that we sometimes struggle to recognise or accept your love. Forgive us for the opportunities we have lost and the peace and comfort we have passed by. Give us a new understanding of the depths of your love so that our lives become enfolded in your presence. Give us the strength and well-being you long for us to have. We thank you that in this country the cases of the virus are reducing. We pray that this will continue and that we will soon be free to resume some of our former activities. Help us to take with us the valuable lessons learned during this exceptional time, as a country, as a church, and as individuals. We thank you for the love and kindness that has been shown by many and various people. Help us to not take that for granted, but to be prepared to be kind and loving in turn to all we meet. We pray for communities elsewhere in the world where the virus is out of control, sometimes the result of poor and crowded living conditions, sometimes because of ignorance, sometimes because there is no escape. Help the scientists as they work on a vaccine and treatments. We pray for people who have been alone for the duration of lockdown. It is hard to overestimate the value of human contact and we have all missed being close with families and friends. Guide us all as we take small steps towards our new lives. Take away our fear of the unknown and remind us that we have God looking over us and after us. Fill our hearts with confidence and hope, we pray and may we go forward in the sure knowledge of your everlasting love. Amen.